All right, we wrap up our uh, bold series uh, today. Uh, and uh, that means uh, next Sunday, Thanksgiving, uh, family Thanksgiving worship. Uh, Sunday after that, we start a new series called uh, The Dark Side of Christmas. I think given that Star Wars is coming out, how many already have their Star Wars tickets, by the way? Only a few of you. Really? Come on, people. Yeah. We, we, we try to get the sound effects, you know, to announce that series. <laughs> the Dark Side. It doesn't work for me. Anyway. Uh, but we're going to have a great time talking about that conflict of darkness and light uh, over the Christmas season. It's a great good word for us about light coming into the world. So get ready for that uh, in December. But we start out today finishing up with uh, our bold series and a challenging uh, ending for us because the title for us today is around uh, bold obedience. And remember what we've been doing in this series is uh, trying to challenge all of us uh, to live those bold kind of lives, right? Knowing that... that uh, Christ didn't die so that we could just live kind of ordinary lives. He, he died so we could live extraordinary lives and live those lives that are bold, right? Bold in the way we pray, right? Bold in the way we come before the Lord and just know what He's desiring to do in our lives. Uh, bold in our speaking, right? Be able to just speak out that word and give witness, uh, not just with our actions, but with our words, uh, to, to Christ and to just be that people, especially here on the North Shore, to be that people to just step out with impact and become extraordinarily bold people. And to do that, that means we've got to talk about today's topic, and that is uh, bold obedience. And remember, what we're looking at is the uh, lives of the early church, the early uh, followers of Christ. Uh, and it comes out of the book of Acts. Uh, we're concentrating in chapter 4, and we're going to look at 4 and 5 uh, today. And if we look at that right away, we can see they ask kind of that obedience uh, question. And it's just a, a straightforward question. Peter and John, you know, have been arrested. They've been hauled before the council because they did this great thing of healing uh, somebody who had been lame for 40 years, and the city's in an uproar. Uh, and the powers of be get jealous. We'll see that. They get jealous, and they bring him before the Sanhedrin, and they speak uh, boldly. But as they do that, they ask the obedience question, right? It's right here in Acts 4. But Peter and John replied, Do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? Right? Straightforward kind of question, right? And we could take that question and make it our question today by just drawing, drawing a, putting a blank in there, right? Do you think God wants us to obey whatever rather than him, right? We could just drop whatever it is in there. Do you think God wants us to obey, you know, the co-workers that are putting pressure on us? Or do you think God wants us to obey the expectations of our culture and the what culture tells us how we're supposed to be and think and act? Do you think God wants us to obey whatever it is that you're struggling with, right? You can just fill in that blank and say, do you think God wants us to obey that rather than him? And of course, you know the answer to that question, right? Uh, Pastor Andrew told you last week, the question is always answered with the word Jesus. But in this case, uh, you know what the answer is to, uh, to this question, right? Do you, do you think, I mean, do you think God wants you to obey anything else? except him. You know the answer, right? Of course, God wants you to obey him. 
I mean, we know that, right, in, in, in our heads as we sit in the room this morning. I mean, we know the answer to that question. We always will know the answer to that question. It is always the same. It is always God's desire. It is always His purpose. It is always His intention. What? That we live in obedience. That we do what He chooses, what He desires, what He wants. That we live to the pleasure and to the glory of His name. The answer is always always the same. And when we answer that question the same, when we live in obedience, the outcome, the outcome of living in obedience is extraordinary, right? If you go to Acts 5, the disciples have been living in that obedience. They've been answering that question and being obedient, doing whatever it is God puts on their heart, mind, and desire, right? They've been living that out. And you can see once you get past F. QT264, that, that the disciples are performing all kinds of miraculous signs and wonders. That's what it says. The apostles are performing many miraculous signs and wonders among the people, right? Their obedience led to God using them in extraordinary, bold, powerful kinds of ways. Miraculous. That's a good word. Miraculous. Signs and wonders. And then it lays it out. And all the believers are meeting regularly at the temple. They were worshiping uh, in the area known as Solomon's Colonnade. Uh, No one else dared join them. Why? Because they're kind of rock stars. They're doing these incredible signs and wonders. Even though all the people had high regard for them, yet more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord. Crowds of both men and women. Are things going extraordinary? Absolutely. Absolutely. As a result of the apostles' work, their obedience, sick people were brought out into the streets on beds and mats so that Pete, get this one, so that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as they went by. Crowds came from villages around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those possessed by evil spirits, and they were how many? All healed. Extraordinary. You see, when we live in obedience, when, when we just step into bold, bold obedience, and we say, listen, this is, I just want to please God more than anything else. Extraordinary, miraculous signs and wonders, incredible things do happen, will happen in our lives. Now, does that mean everything's going to go good? Everything's going to be soft and cushy and wonderful because Miraculous signs and wonders. It's going to be awesome and incredible and fantastic. No, it's going to be challenging. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be a path that we walk filled with opposition. And that's exactly what happened to the apostles. Right away, all these miraculous signs and wonders, their bold obedience is happening. And their bold obedience happened in the face of opposition. Opposition. The powers that be, the religious rulers, the high priests and his officials. Don't get much higher than that, right? They caused difficult opposition to these early apostles. Why? Because they're filled with jealousy. And so what do they do? Once again, they arrest Peter and John and they put them in the public jail. So Peter and John, speaking out boldly, praying boldly, right? All the apostles, miraculous signs and wonders are happening. They're living obedient. And yet, what do they come up with? They come up against opposition. We need to understand this. 
You need to know this. If you're a Christ follower, man, this is, this is, this is where we live. This is the calling, right? If you're thinking about being a Christ follower and just surrendering to Jesus, that's amen, wonderful, but you need to know what you're getting into. Because when you live in faithful obedience, you are going to experience opposition. And that opposition is going to call for sacrifice and it's going to mean difficulty. That's the way it is. Jesus told us that. You go back to Matthew 10. Jesus said, but beware, for you'll be handed over to the courts and you'll be flogged with whips in the synagogues. You'll stand on trial before governors and kings because you are my followers. He told them beforehand exactly what they're now experiencing in Acts 4 and 5. He told them beforehand exactly what would happen. But notice he also told them it is the opportunity for obedience. But this will be your opportunity to tell the rulers and other unbelievers about me. You see, when the opposition comes, that is the place of opportunity. When the opposition rises against us, that is the place of dramatic opportunity to simply step into obedience. That is the place where God works miraculous signs and wonders. And so ironically, if you're a Christ follower, you, you, you kind of welcome the opposition. Because in the opposition is the opportunity. He says, do you remember what I told you? A slave's not greater than the master since they persecuted me. Naturally, of course, naturally, they will persecute you. And if they had listened to me, they would listen to you. It is what we step into. It's just part of the, being this follower of Christ. We step into obedience. Obedience can create incredible signs and wonders, but those signs and wonders are going to come up against extreme opposition. But that opposition in and of itself, even though it's difficult, even though it causes sacrifice, is the very place of opportunity. I was talking with one of our people uh, uh, this last week and uh, shared with me that, uh, man, God had really been working in, in their life. And, and for a long time, they'd kind of struggled with the whole use of alcohol thing in the world and uh, just shared, man, they'd really come to a new place now uh, in their life since they stepped into walking with Christ. And that uh, even when they're, they're out now with friends and, yeah, they have a few drinks and, and, and uh, just normal few drinks, you know. But before that, it was always the temptation to, to, to join the crowd, join the friends, have a few more and have a few more and have a few more, right? You know how that goes, right? The oh, come on, just have one more. Come on, join in. Just come on, have one more. Have one for the ditch, right? Come on, just have one more. Yeah, I think I heard that phrase somewhere along the way growing up. One for the ditch, right? Just have one more. They shared with me that, that they're, they're now at a new place because now they freely and willingly simply say no. Say, no, not interested. Why? He shared with me that they have come to that place because they want to please God more than they want to please their friends. They want to please God more. And just said, hey, this, this, is not, this is not obedience. This is not what God wants me to do. This is not what I, where God not, doesn't, doesn't want me to be there. And so they're willing to stand up in that environment of their friends and be able to say, uh, no. Get harassed for it. Come on. You know, join in. Come on. 
No. No. Want to please God more. Want to please God more. You see, that is stepping into the reality of just bold obedience, regardless of the consequences, bold obedience. When you step into bold obedience, you're going to also experience this, how can this be moments? That's what I call them. How can this be moments? It's like you step into bold obedience, and when you step into that obedience, it's, it's the place of opportunity, not just for you to make a witness, but for God to do some incredible things. And that's just what he does in Acts uh, 4 and 5, right? Acts 5. It says the apostles are put in jail, and this incredible, amazing thing happens. An angel of the Lord came to them that night, and he opened the gates of the jail, and he brought them out. Amazing, right? Fantastic stuff. Unexpected. Do you think those apostles were sitting there that night or, or even before they got thrown in jail? You know, the, the jail door closes and, and they just kind of, you know, look at each other and say, Hey, no problem. An angel is going to show up and get us out of here. <laughs> no, don't you think that night when the angel is like, Whoa, what? How can this be? How can this be? You see, when we step into obedience, we step into giving God the possibility to do more than we think or imagine. We step into obedience and say, God, you got it. We trust you. You're in control. And we're just going to step in and just live the way you want us to live. And we know you're going to do whatever is best for us. And so God steps in. God steps in and an angel comes and he opens the doors and he gets them out. And it was like, for everybody, how could this be? What the, what is going on? How could this be? They go to get him the next day. Right, and it says when they when the temple guards went to the jail, uh, the men were gone. They're gone. So they returned to the council and they said the jail was securely locked with the guards standing outside. But when we opened the gates, no one was there. So the jail doors are still locked. The guards were there the whole time, wide awake, watching everything, and they don't have a clue about what happened. And they're all saying what? How in, the, how, how in the world could this be? You see, their obedience gave God the opportunity to work in a way that only God can work. And it says in the end, they were perplexed. And they were wondering where it would all end. See, our obedience opens the door for the possibility for God to do only what God can do. Now, the challenge is that when God does what only God can do, it will lead us further down the path and create that extra opportunity for obedience. Imagine those apostles, angel shows up, gets them out of jail, right? You, you, you've been thrown in the, in the jail a couple times already. You, you get out of jail. What is your immediate reaction when you get out of jail beyond, thank you, Lord, praise you, right? What's the next thing your, your immediate reaction is? Time to go visit the in-laws in a faraway country, <laughs> right? Yep, been there a couple times now. Time to just kind of take a little hiatus and go on a vacay, right? I mean, time to take off, blow town, get out of Dodge, get into a safer kind of situation. And yet, what is the challenge for these apostles? The angel of the Lord came in the night. He opened up the gates of the jail. He brought them out. Then he told them, go to the temple and give the people 
this message of life. Excuse me? Why were they in jail for the, in the first place? Because they were giving the people this message of life. And where were they giving the message of life? That would be right around the temple. What's happening? When everything inside of them is no doubt saying, flee, run, take care of yourself, do what you want to do, obey your own desires, wants, and your own instincts, right? What is God saying to them? Now, trust me more. Just be obedient. Trust me more. And go back to the very place and speak the same words you've been speaking. He is calling them to bold obedience. Bold obedience. And daybreak came, and they went to the temple just as they were told. See, they willingly stepped into bold obedience. How could they do that? Why did they run? Why, why did they just step into that boldly? The answer comes to us really in what they share in Acts 5.29. But Peter, the apostle, he speaks and says... We must obey God rather than any human authority. The answer to the beginning question, right? First and foremost, we must obey God. But look what's next. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead after you killed him by hanging him on a cross. Then God put him in the place of honor at his right hand as prince and savior. How could they step into bold obedience? Because they have a prince who sits at the right hand of God. Because they have someone who is managing the universe for the benefit of his people. Because they know, no matter the opposition, no matter the call for sacrifice, no matter how difficult it's going to get, the prince is still going to be in charge. Because they know Whatever the difficulty, whatever the opposition, whatever the challenge, whatever inside of them is saying flee and run, all of that can be overcome when you simply say Jesus is Lord. You have a prince who sits at the right hand and manages the universe for your benefits. You see, they could give up everything, step into absolute obedience, do whatever God wanted them to do. Why? Because they knew everything is absolutely secure. There is nothing in this world that could come up against them that is greater and more powerful than the prince that sits on the right hand of God. And that prince manages the universe for whose benefit? And so... They could be bold. And even more, not only do they have a prince, but they have a savior. And every time they messed up, every time they weren't obedient, they remembered somebody who was. You see, the disciples said to Jesus, Jesus, let's, let's, let's get out of town. Let's go up to Capernaum. And Jesus said, no, we're going to Jerusalem. 
And when Judas got up and left the table, and Jesus knew that he left the table because he was going to betray him, when Jesus could have got up from the table and blown town and gone somewhere else, he went out to the Garden of Gethsemane to be betrayed. And when everything unfolded, Jesus was absolutely obedient, Scripture says, even unto death on the cross. Let's be bold. Let's be bold this morning. Let's be bold enough to admit that in this past week, we haven't always been obedient. We haven't always listened to what God wanted. We haven't always acted the way God wants us to act. True? And yet we have a prince and we have a savior who is absolutely obedient. And this morning we can come to him and we can be bold and we can say, Jesus, I don't measure up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. For all the faults and the failures, for the time I listened to the world, for the time I listened to my friends, for the time I listened to my own selfish nature, I'm sorry. And I have no excuse. But I rely on your obedience. I rely on your undeserved love for me. And I ask you, forgive me. That's bold. Bold truth. Bold admission. An incredibly bold love for us. Grace. These disciples could be absolutely obedient, boldly obedient, because they knew a prince and they knew a Savior. It says he did so, the Savior. He did so, so the people of Israel would do what? Repent. Be honest. Repent of their sins and be forgiven. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, who is given by God to those who? I want to invite you this morning. Just be bold, will you? Boldly obey his invitation. That when you come to the table this morning, leave everything, leave all the darkness, leave all the garbage, leave all the failure, leave all your faults, leave all that stuff. And walk away knowing you have a Savior and knowing you have a Prince. And this Prince will always work for your good. And you can live an elevated, bold life. Not an ordinary life. An elevated, bold life. An elevated, bold life that boldly speaks the name of Jesus. An elevated, bold life that boldly prays, boldly prays for whatever it is God wants to do with your life. An elevated, bold life that simply steps into that obedience and says, I just want to please God. I just want to please God. An elevated, bold life. 
It's what the disciples did, what those early followers did. And it says they left the high council after all this persecution. They left them doing what? Rejoicing. Rejoicing that God had counted them worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they continued to teach and preach this message. Jesus is Messiah. Every day. They lived bold lives. So here's the question for you this week. The invitation today in this room is to be bold and just come to the table. Be bold enough to be broken and obedient to the invitation for forgiveness. But as you leave and you go into next week to think about, it's on an everyday basis. As you're going through the week, where's your obedience? Where's your real obedience? Others, the world's expectations, expectations of your job, your calendar, your desires. Are you ready just to step into that miraculous signs and wonders life, that bold life of just living for a prince and for a savior? Let's pray. Father, thanks today that uh, you give us the opportunity to be bold. Uh, Bold in uh, coming to you broken people so conscious of our faults and our failures the times when we have just disobeyed. Lord, we just know because of our brokenness there's, there's folks in the room this morning that are living in disobedience to what you want. So we just ask that this would be a bold moment that they could just turn away from that this morning. Turn away from their own wants or desires or whatever it is that's got control of them. That they could just turn away from that this morning and say, no, from now on, I just want to please God. I want to live His way. I want my life to matter and to count for something. I want it to be used for miraculous signs and wonders. I want to live a bold life that prays bold prayers, that boldly speaks the name of Jesus and lives in obedience. So, Lord, we come to you today. We thank you for these weeks that we've had to study your word and the challenge we have to live those bold lives. And we pray for our church as well that we could receive this same word, that we just uh, wouldn't be any church, not just a comfortable place, but a place ready to step out, step into sacrifice, take on the challenges of this world, because there's people that just need you. So, Lord, we commit ourselves to you now. We thank you that in all situations and circumstances, we have a prince and we have a savior. It's in his name we pray. Amen.